Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's going on, my fellow champs? How are we doing tonight? It's another episode of the Fantasy Rundown here on the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Justin Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at pigskin underscore jgonzo. Sitting across the table from me is my best friend, Derek Bordeaux. You can find him at pigskin underscore drock. Derek, how are we doing tonight, man? Ooh, doing great. All right, man. You What's ready up, to get man? into some Curtis Samuel? Yep. Yes, yep, sir. Let's break him down. See what his impact is for 2021, man. What the hell is a rundown? When did you need that rundown by? As soon as possible. Okay. Just get it right. Yeah. Gotcha. Of course. We're going to dive in to the rundown. I'll be exhausted because it's like a triathlon. Yes, sir. We are talking about Curtis Samuel, guys, the newest addition to the Washington football team, previously on the Carolina Panthers back in 2020. 24-year-old is 5'11", 195-pound wide receiver. Stat line for 2020 was uh, he actually finished as a wide receiver 25 in fantasy football. He played 15 games this past season, 77 receptions for on 97 targets. He had 851 yards in receiving with three touchdowns. He had 41 rushes, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. Gotta love that stat line, man. <laughs> Last year was great for Curtis Samuel. It was, man. This is uh best season yet. Carolina was able to produce three top 25 receivers last year in fantasy football, man. It was a great uh, time to have Carolina receivers. <laughs> Teddy, you never thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to be able to do that. Man. No, I, I was pleasantly surprised at their offense and being able to use all three of those guys. So Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, it definitely helped that Chris McCaffrey was out. I think that's why they were able to utilize – the three receivers. Yeah, but, you got to think one of those guys probably doesn't finish top 36 oh, with, with McCaffrey. It's probably the guy we're talking about right now, which is actually Curtis Samuel. And, I mean, you can just see it back in 2019 when McCaffrey had a full healthy season. You know, he had 54 receptions on 105 targets, which is – That's rough, man. That's a catch percentage of 51.4%. Yeah, that is rough. Uh, 627 yards, 19 rushes, 130 yards. So you can see – you know, he took a huge jump from 19 rushes to 41 jump, uh, 41 rushes within a year. And that's just the year that McCaffrey was down. You know, they were hurting a lot. Mike Davis. Well, the difference is in, they had a better, they had an upgrade in offensive coordinator and their offense last year was just more creative. They used him to his strengths. And I mean, he's, he's back with the same regime that he had before in uh, Carolina with for Ron sure. But the missing of Chris McCaffrey is definitely, I think, yeah. would in, inflates his numbers a little bit. But I mean, what about Antonio Gibson, man? Let's hey, calm down, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to get into that. But uh, player storyline, man, he, he was drafted second in the second round, 40th overall back in 2017 out of Ohio State. Had his best season of his career in 2020 with Carolina. Signed a three year, $34.5 million deal with Washington. Tell him to bring me my money. And then now he gets reunited, man, with Ron Rivera, the coach who drafted him, and Scott Turner, the OC. From back in 2019, you know, so he's getting a little, little familiarity back in Washington. Man. Yeah, for sure, and it's it's definitely going to help him. I think you know he's f- familiar with that offense. He's going to help the other guys pick up the offense too. 
um, or continue to develop in that offense. Uh, he's a pretty healthy guy. Uh, he only missed one game last year uh, due to being in close contact on the COVID reserve list and played through a hamstring injury in week 15. Um, yeah, man, he's, he's a pretty durable guy. Should be full steam ahead for 2021. As far as we're looking at the Washington football, let's look at the situation for that he's walking into. The offensive ranks last year for the Washington football team, 25th in passing yards, 9th in attempts. That stat right there is a uh, – man, that really highlights the quarterback play they had. When really you, high pass attempts, bottom of the league in passing yards. We're not a very efficient team. When you have that quarterback room that they had, yeah, that was rough. Dude, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke, like it's rough. It is, it is rough. But they definitely got a, a good upgrade this year with Fitzpatrick, so we'll see. Uh, they were 26 in rushing yards last year, 25th in attempts. So you just see, like, they wanted to throw the ball. They were ninth in pass attempts and 25th in rush attempts. So they were a pass-happy offense with bad quarterback play. So it's a good thing they had a defense or they probably wouldn't have made it to the playoffs. I mean, they made it to the playoffs with a 7-9 and nine record. Yeah. So. Um, per PFF, the offensive line ranked sixth in the NFL, which is pretty good. So it even I, f- I feel like that even more highlights the fact that their offensive – their quarterback situation was terrible absolutely you have one of the, a top 10 offensive line and you ranked ninth in pass attempts like that that's your quarterback play was pretty bad so i think the situation definitely improved this season um going into 2020 the offensive line was ranked 29 so it was a big jump they lost their starting left tackle uh six games into the season you know as we highlighted before alex smith Dwayne haskins kyle allen taylor heineke all those guys you're just a revolving door at quarterback and then uh, J.D. McKissick came on strong last year, had 80, 80 receptions on 110 targets. So the situation there, you know, he's stepping in. They didn't really have a number two guy on on their, on their offense that's that's going to be the number two this year. So I think he steps into that number two role opposite of Terry McLaurin and could assume a lot of targets there, man. Could For eat sure, into man, J.D. McKissick's I mean, targets too. He's right now labeled the second wide receiver on this depth chart behind Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. They brought him in. With that type of money to be the wide yeah, receiver, thirty-four million dollars, man, that's a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. He's got twenty-one point five million of that guaranteed. You know, twenty twenty or twenty-one and twenty-two seasons are fully guaranteed. So that twenty-three season is where you know that money is going to fluctuate to see if he gets his full contract. Yeah, contract status right now, like of everybody else's, they don't have anybody. They don't have any other big name guy besides Terry McLaurin. You saw the competition that they had on the field. And you can see it on the stats. They were ninth in attempts, but they were bottom of the barrel when it comes to actual completion yards. Yeah. You know, that was due to the quarterback play that they had behind center, but it also had to do a lot with the skill that they had at the wide receiver position. Or lack thereof. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right now, man, uh, we're, they're projecting his role to, to be that slot receiver and that gadget player, I think they're going to utilize him in why they drafted him number 40 overall in that 2017 draft. I think Ron Rivera's got a plan for him. I think that's why he went out and got his dude in free agency. Uh, reports are coming out of OTAs, man, that Samuel has been lining up in the backfield alongside Gibson. So you can just see there's a lot of fantasy opportunity that you can see with just a little bit of reports. You can see now that he's up on that depth chart a little bit. More than he was in Carolina. He was, what, third in depth chart? Mm. If you're going to be specific, he was fourth in receiving because behind McCaffrey. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was the fourth option. So now he's 
let alone probably the second guy in in Washington. Gibson hasn't been utilized, even though they want him to be utilized in that role. You know, last year was J.D. McKissick. I don't expect him to have the 110 targets that he just had. You know, they have a little bit, you know, elevated quarterback play that they just got in the offseason. Even though it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's not like a star-studded dude, but you saw last year he was having fun hey, you out you take there, that right? back. Hey, you take that back. Never been to the playoffs, been on like nine Fitz different magic. teams. Been on nine different teams, never been to the playoffs, okay? It's okay. He's going to get there so. this year. <laughs> but uh, that's, I mean, I just think he has a little bit of a stronger role than he had last year. They do have that middle of the pack strength of schedule tied at 15 right now. And I just think that those targets that went to McKissick, and went to Logan Thomas and, you know, went to Gibson, the little that did. And, you know, just those small little passes aren't going to those guys anymore. I think they brought Curtis Samuel in to utilize him in that position. I think he's going to get a little bit elevated of a role. And I just think that you have a sh- little bit of a stronger arm quarterback and a little bit more comfortable quarterback to get it a little further downfield than they had a lot of those check down passes. And that's why J.D. McKissick was so utilized last year. It's because PPR wise, he was, <laughs> he was a freak. Like I, I was able to ride him to a championship last year because I was able to pick him off wire, uh, waiver wires and my quarterback or my running back room wasn't that strong. Yeah. You know, and he was able to help you if you were able to get him off that waiver wire. So. Let's put our money where our mouth is, okay? We're same game we played last time. Curtis Samuel, stud, stash, or pass? Definitely going to uh, take this man as a stud. I think that he has a, like I said earlier, a very uh, high projected role, and I'm going to draft him for that role. Right now I'm sitting, he's sitting at my you know wide receiver 30, so he's not going to be in my flex position. I can definitely see him taking him maybe as a wide receiver 2, maybe a 3. Probably more that three range than anything. It's maybe a little bit stretch. You're not very comfortable if he's your wide receiver two on your roster. I'm not. But not comfortable with that. If you have him as a wide receiver two on your roster, I think you have a very high ceiling with every other position on your roster. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. You've got a guy like maybe a Travis Kelsey, a Stefan Diggs, a uh, you know, a, a Zeke or a um Dalvin or something like that on your roster. You got studs on your other positions and your wide receiver room. You're kind of filling in those spots. Uh, if he's my wide receiver three, that I, I like that. That's a good, that's a good place for him to be. Uh, I think that there's a reason, like I said earlier, why Ron Rivera went out and got his guy. I think that he's got a surefire plan for him. I think Gibson's going to have his role. I don't think McKissick's going to be involved as much as he was last year. And I just I don't see the level. I don't see a a spot where he's not going to be utilized in any type of role where he finishes less than uh, wide receiver twenty five this year. All right. Well, um, I'm going to respectfully disagree. Now, obviously, he was top twenty five wide receiver last year, right? Can't deny that. My concern is his. Quote, best statistical season, right? We talk about the fact that he had 105 targets, uh, in 2019, right? He only caught 54 of those passes. Okay. So that was the last year that he was with this regime, right? So my concern is, is that they're going to try to use him. Now I, I understand the whole OTA reports, right? So I, I understand that. I'm afraid they're going to go back to how they tried to use him before. And that's a, all he did was, run down straight down the field. They they didn't use him like they 
like the coaching staff in Carolina used him last year, like in the backfield, manufactured touches, getting him the ball in space, utilizing him to his strengths. They didn't do that in 2019. Now he did have, you know, 110, 105 targets. Like that's not a small number by any stretch. But he had a better statistical year last year when they used him correctly. Like his catch percentage jumped 20, 28 points, 28 percentage points from 2019 to 2020, just because they were using him in a more efficient and effective way. Now, if the OTA reports are true and they're actually putting him in the backfield, they're using him like he was used last year and they adjust to, like maybe they take their game plan they had for when they first had, when they last had him and they alter it to match kind of what they did in Carolina last year and they use him to his strengths and they get him manufactured targets and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. This, he could be way higher than what I have him ranked right now, which is wide receiver 33. I'm optimistic, but I'm trying to be cautious about him too. I don't want to overdraft him. I will not have him as my second wide receiver in any league. I can promise you that because I'll take somebody else before him. If he's, if he's a flex option for me, I agree with the fact that if, when he's in your lineup, he gives you a higher ceiling. Like your lineup overall has a higher ceiling because he can easily produce a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. He's a good receiver. I mean, a 72% catch percent, sorry, a 79% catch, catch percentage last year is, is really good. If he gets 110, 105 targets with, a, with that kind of production catching the ball, he could be a PPR machine. So let me ask you this though, because you're, you're going back to that 2019 role. He was the, you can arguably say the fourth receiving option on that team back in 2019. And you also had a Kyle Allen year because Cam Newton hurt most of that year. So the level of play between Kyle Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick, do you not think that that's going to make a difference when it comes to his quarterback play and who can get him the ball? And when you have 105 targets and you're only catching half of those targets? I think it's going to make a difference because he's going to have better quarterback play. Yes. I and agree. you don't have a Christian McCaffrey type player in your backfield. I mean, again, I mean, Antonio Gibson, they've compared him to Christian McCaffrey before. I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I still think the running back position will be targeted enough in this offense to kind of not imitate what Carolina's doing with, with McCaffrey, but it'll be kind of the same. Like, they're not a team, they're not like Tampa Bay who doesn't throw the ball to the running back. You know, they're not Buffalo who doesn't utilize the running back. Like, they're going to use Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick in the, in the receiving game. And that may eat into Curtis Samuel's manufactured touches as well. So that's why I'm just nervous about them reverting back to what they had him doing before because they have guys like Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick to, to be in the role that Curtis Samuel should have. You know what I'm saying? Okay. They paid him $34 million. If it were me, I would use him in the role that he succeeded in last year, but I'm not the coach. Can't Absolutely. Make that decision for I can him. definitely see this year's – Devontae Parker or Corey Davis be Curtis Samuel. I think he can make some noise in the fantasy football community in the world, and I just think that he's in the perfect spot to kind of do that because there's nobody around him. There's not somebody that's really challenging him in that wide receiver room. And I don't think that – I think that J.D. McKissick's role is going to get eaten up by Gibson and Samuel – more than that, there's a reason why they went out and got them this guy. Let's hope so. So let's let's really hope so. so what, because, what was your final thing? Okay. Stud, stash, stash, or pass? Okay, I'm gonna pass. Okay. Now, 
I get it. I have him ranked as a, as the 33rd wide receiver. Okay. I'm going to pass for a couple reasons. Number one, like this is, I, I, I would want to pick him up a little bit later. I know he's going to be on the waiver wire at some point. To me, I feel like he's going to be on the waiver wire at some point. If you look at his early season schedule, weeks one through four, he has the 24th ranked strength of schedule for wide receivers, right? That's pretty tough. Like the opening schedule is tough. So for me, that kind of, I mean, obviously things can change and it could be easier matchups and he can ball out and have a really good start to the year. I'm just, it just, there's more reasons for me to be nervous about him than reasons for me to be really excited about him. I'm just nervous about the coaching staff because I feel like he went from, he got an upgrade in, from 2019 to 2020. And then now I, he, I feel like he got a downgrade in play calling and coaching decision-making now his quarterback situation improved and that may that may help him that may trump everything i'm saying i'm just nervous and i love him as a player i'm really hoping they use him in the correct role because if they do i mean then i will be sitting here in a couple months saying man i wish i had him higher all right and just yeah man i mean i i definitely have him as a solid wide receiver three with solid wide receiver two upside. Yeah, I mean, we both why, I mean, he's in the same range. Yeah, that I think he could be a nice wide receiver two. Uh, but, you know, we'll, time will tell. Let's see what they're going to do. I mean, the other thing, too, is that even if even though you think he's going to be a wide receiver two, you don't have to draft him there right now. No, and he's not going to go there for you. Right. But if you have a star-studded lineup, you're not going to be mad if you have Curtis Samuel on your role, especially with the upside that he presents. Right. So... I mean, his ECR right now is sitting at wide receiver 35. So actually, we are higher on him than consensus, right? So, but I still feel like we're kind of low on him. Yeah. Because wide receiver 33, and what was your ranking? Wide receiver 30? 30. 30? Yeah. It still feels kind of low because he was a top 25 wide receiver last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And a lot can, you know, if he scores a lot of touchdowns this year, he could easily be a top 25 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't use him in the same, if even if they use him in that same role, so yeah. I mean he's a very interesting player heading into twenty twenty one. He got paid a lot of money, so Definitely let's hope he gets to keep your eyes out for. Yeah, I hope he matches the the uh, hundred and five targets or even exceeds that, and then give me some rushing attempts too, man. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that's gonna be it for us today. Stay tuned for more fantasy rundowns all here all off season. Thank you all for listening. Please follow both of us on Twitter at pigskin underscore jgonzo and at pigskin underscore drock. Also follow the show at pigskinchamps. Thank you guys for listening again. We appreciate y'all and we hope you all enjoyed. Let us know how we're doing. Follow us on all social media and we'll be back for another episode of the Pigskin Chance podcast. Y'all have a great one. Stay safe. See you.